0: this week. There ain't nothing like a dame, nothing in this world. Because we're speaking to Emma Thompson, Dame Emma Thompson, star of Good Luck to You, Leo Grand. And also, there ain't nothing like a man who stands next to a dame, nothing in this world. We talked to her co-star, Daryl McCormack. Wow. All that and more on the movie podcast I quite frankly, is sick to death of the process. and would like the process to be over now. Thank you very much indeed. Cryptic <laughs> comment. <laughs> Hello pod. I'm Chris Hewitt. Welcome to the Empire podcast. This week, sad to say I'm joined by just one colleague of such lethal cunning. Our great big fucking nerd James Dyer. Hello. Hello, James. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm very, very good. I'm very uh, hypercaffeinated I, I can see that you're drinking a, a diet coke and you've wolfed down some vegan meatballs. Yeah, uh, and a in, cookie. Importantly, a cookie which was maple and pecan. James eats faster than anybody I have ever met. But it's just you and me this week. Uh, it is. Never yeah, mind if you've just, heard a, a no. noise or a thing. Because, What's happening? Because mm. do you remember we used to? There used to be three of us that did you this. Podcast. No, do, you I'm here. do you remember Helen? Do you remember Helen? Helen. I'm Harriet. Harriet. Her name was Harriet. Ha- Heather.
1: Heather.
0: Heather. No. Hel- Haley. Harriet.
1: Oh,
2: I'm right here, Helen.
1: Hey. I know Hello. you. You're so familiar to me. Yeah. Did we go to school together?
2: I think it must have. been. It was about that long ago that I was last here. yet, yeah, So wow. yes. Yeah. yeah. Hi, everybody. I should have
0: Hi. told you I was
1: doing that.
2: Yeah, you probably should have.
0: <laughs> but you know, it's fine. It's I did fine. We it
2: moments. Yeah. We
0: roll with the punches uh, on this podcast. She's How are back. you? I'm back. Helen, Helen O'Hara is back. Our um, sorry, I'm just going to look Booker up, up your. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You're probably on Wikipedia.
2: I, I am on Wikipedia. You have a Wikipedia I'm I'm not on Wikipedia. Some. I didn't put I'm it on there believable. myself.
0: I, think I don't do. have yeah. an IMDb I'm page.
2: I do have an IMDb page for definite. I'm not sure about Wikipedia. Maybe I'm thinking of Helen O'Hara, the um, violinist, who is.
1: I'm always do you play the, I'm the Oh, no, you Polish. play the French horn.
0: I don't. Here we go. <laughs> Helen's got a <laughs> ah, horn. I do.
2: I have a. I Look at that. I have a Wikipedia. Fucking page. hell.
0: Jesus. Helen O'Hara is a British film critic. Who Ooh. hates her Primarily known for working for Empire, for which she is editor at large. Early life. Fucking hell. Jesus. I don't have one of these. A wiki. Oh, and you know, again, not to you know,
2: no, this is not to
0: toot my own horn too much. I'm the best one.
2: I didn't realize how long that page was. There is way more here than yeah. It there took needs you
0: ages to, to put it together, didn't it? O'Hara didn't was born in Port Stewart, County Londonderry. That's right, County wow. Londonderry. There's just two strikes already on this page. <laughs> it feels almost like I wrote this page, <laughs> yeah, but I didn't. In Northern Ireland, she has said. That she has always been a fan of film, with one of her earliest memories being to see Return of the Jedi in the cinema, but thought she had to choose a sensible career and so studied law. And there are actually, there are <laughs> references for these This as well. is ridiculous. This career. is ridiculous. doesn't mention the Molly's Game review at any point. A quote. <laughs> it doesn't, thank God. O'Hara, stu- you fucking wrote this yourself. Write O'Hara this studied law and began what. a career in it, but was unhappy with it and, quote,
1: bored out of her tiny mind. It's true. End quote. I... And then James Dyer took pity on this poor... <laughs> penniless barrister and invited her into this incredibly high-paying rich career that
3: she had. Whoa, 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 whoa.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she co-hosts the Empire podcast for Empire. You're you, you you're in the, the vicinity wow. of the podcast whilst wow. it is being hosted. Yeah. I think you used it is to be accurate. on here before you went on holiday, but you're now, not so much.
2: Hey, yeah. I did was, look. I was working for some of the time and then I...
0: A noted gun runner, O'Hara... <laughs> <laughs> no, also, tra- also traffics people Is wow. this, this is true? That's, that's, <laughs> Taking a dark <laughs> turn it's,
2: it's a very funny way of putting that's it That's what you were doing that's the, nice you were Yeah, you've been, yeah, people, trafficking. You've been, off, been you? people trafficking I have been people trafficking In the sense that I've been moving people around uh, the UK but that's exactly what Ireland. a people trafficker does. It, it, yeah, yeah, they do it illegally though, and under cover of darkness, okay. or, or so know, broad daylight. People it. trafficking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where
1: did you tra- where did you traffic these people?
2: Uh, we went around. Uh, we went Dublin, Belfast, Edinburgh, and London with lots of interesting side trips. For the very first time, I was able to bring people around Northern Ireland. We went up the Antrim coast. We went to did my you, home. Did you take them up, up the Giant's Causeway? Yes, I did. Yes. <laughs> was he pleased? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> we went to Annick Castle, where a very kind pod listener uh, mm-hmm. uh, gave us a tour around. It was it Finn
1: McCool himself? It
2: was not. Not an, Annick Castle Finn in McCall. Northumberland. Yeah.
1: Who is Finn McCool?
2: Finn is the He's giant who, brought, who built the, the causeway.
1: My dad used to be in a band called Finn McCool. This is absolutely true.
2: Well, you, and yes, when we've brought you to Northern Ireland, you have singularly failed to come and see yeah. the sights. You know, I just think you're you know let uh,
0: it's
1: a big wall yeah okay anyway i've got a question for you bring yeah. it when you were out there sure did miss marvel air
2: yes i well i'd already seen the first but, but,
1: but did it air for like the masses when you were out there yes so was you know when it was on did you hear loud tittering across belfast during this thing. Oh, we're not doing this again. No, No, I. no. And this, this is not me riffing. And yes, of course, this is a call back to the Spoiler Special podcast. If you don't listen to the Spoiler Special podcast, do subscribe at bangerine.com slash Spoiler Specials. But it has been brought to my attention right. that the word bangle is Northern Irish slang for bumhole. I'm exactly I mean, the same, Helen. That is nonsense. Yeah, so you're I mean, saying this listener lied to me?
0: Yes. No, I
2: think it's possible. but I, yeah, I think it was in, local
0: slang, but yeah, it, it's not. Yeah, I don't not, think it's
2: in general circulation.
0: Right. It's not. It doesn't encompass the whole of Northern Ireland. And, also, and believe me, we have more than our fair share of bangles <laughs> in, in that do, place.
2: That's true, yeah. And, um, and, and I'm, not on a fun walk like an yeah. Egyptian kind of a way. So,
0: hang on, so, on a second. still <laughs> <laughs> the Hang on, on a fucking second here. In addition to her work with Empire... Yeah, O'Hara contributes to the BBC as a film journalist, including hosting Friday Film Club oh, no, on the Lauren think, the Fern well, I mean, podcast. On
2: occasion I did. Look,
0: standing in for me whenever I was yeah. on Friday Film Club for nine years I, before what, they canned me in. What did you do on BBC else Radio else Ulster last week? I stood in for you. There you go. And the great they, circle they of said, life. They, said, know, they said, to award-winning effect, they said, Oh God, is Helen back this week? <laughs> that's what they said they
2: actually said very nice things about this you this needs to be updated yeah. big time in June
0: 2020 it was announced that she is writing a book who's she the cat's mother titled women oh versus Hollywood the fall and rise of women in film to be released in 2020 Great book. the, well, only, loved every page the only
2: thing I can think is that somebody has set this as an assignment for like students or something I don't understand why it's so detailed All right. And but you know whoever well, it is it's, it's, your, well it's your fans
1: isn't it it's the people who listen to this podcast the crazy people who somehow have taken to you and they have filled out your Wikipedia wow. page Take, I would like to know why I don't taken to me, why I don't have a Wikipedia Wikipedia page
2: well I don't know maybe nobody likes
1: you I realise having now said this on the podcast I may have been hoist by my own petard and may find myself more like, likely hoist by your own picard oh that would be good mm. I'd like to be hoist
0: by my yes. own yes here's an assignment if people can write uh, Wikipedia pages as assignments write me and James a Wikipedia page <laughs> mm, uh, but this time next week make it good yeah. make it accurate unlike Helen's yeah. oh my god and and uh, and get it, and just get it right and list, your, your prize will be our respect yes yeah. list the many awards
1: I have won during my long and storied <laughs> career
0: have
1: you? yeah Oh. <laughs> I have them all in a big cabinet at home wow. it's huge
2: I have no awards
1: you've no awards I'll give you an I award so. Helen
2: oh I, I mean I have a bunch of certificates and stuff, sexual. But, no yeah, not sounded, a sex award like a best sounded. Helen award oh that's very
1: kind Oh. I mean, you're the only Helen I know. So. I know wow. another, another Helen. Do you? Is she better than this she Helen? Is yeah, better. That's uh, fair, yeah, see, that's a problem. Yeah. I don't know another Helen. I mean, I'm
2: so. not like like I say. I'm not even sure I'm the best Helen O'Hara. So you know, it's it's fine. this is it's true. Okay. That is true.
1: This is true. She's a
2: she's a much better fiddler than I am. So. I beg
0: your pardon. Well, she that's plays a, that's, she plays the that's violin. Sex award again. <laughs> <laughs> so she's oh, a fiddler. Boy.
1: You've got the horn,
0: right? Okay, well, listen, we've got some questions here. We've got loads of questions from listeners. Uh, I'm going to throw one, maybe two, but you that I think are slightly linked. Uh, the first one comes from Chubby Ewok. Which films have you stumbled across while they're filming? Uh, Chubby Ewok says, I bumped into Bradley Cooper filming Maestro in Central Park last week. And he has a picture of Bradley Cooper as Leonard Bernstein. Yes, in, he does. Cool. In Central Park. Which That's is, pretty awesome. Isn't it? That is pretty awesome. I used to do this professionally.
2: Yeah, it used to. <laughs> so when I when I first joined Empire, I was informed that this was a thing that we did, that we yeah. would try and go down to locations where stuff was being filmed and get some photos of them in action. That's
1: not bumping into a film, though, is it? No, no it's no, hunting is, them down. But like, yeah. it was a point period of time where whenever you saw those little, you'd see them attached to lampposts, little fluorescent signs with an arrow, and it said lock. It would say lock or base. Mm-hmm. And that would mean someone's filming, lock for the location, base to where the, trailers and stuff are and i would follow the lock signs to find out what we're shooting there to see if i could get pictures for the website because i'm that committed
2: but in terms of actually happening across films it's mostly the old royal naval college in greenwich in greenwich Mm -hmm. near us where um if you go for a run of a morning you tend to pass by and there tends to be stuff happening so there's been bridgerton i saw that terrible sherlock holmes movie with will ferrell shooting there that I mean it had great mm-hmm. sets I saw Nola Holmes fin- filming there mm-hmm. um, Les Mis um, I think I missed Thor I was away that week but I was there for was it Red 2 was there and Man From U.N.C.L.E. was definitely there with the loads of Russian flags up Pirates of the Caribbean 4 mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. basically I cannot go for a run through there in the morning without bumping into a film
0: there you happening. go happening yeah.
2: that's my most common answer oh but then there was another time I was tour guiding actually in Edinburgh, and we get to Edinburgh, and I saw all of these giant rigs over the cathedral at the top of the Royal Mile, or halfway up the Royal Mile. Giant rigs. I
1: giant, did not see that particularly <laughs> for weapon.
2: Giant stunt rigs. One G, not two. Um, and that was that was Avengers: Infinity War.
1: Wow. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, it's, I've not heard of that film. Tell, no, us, tell us about it. Uh, you,
2: you wouldn't have, but it's it shot in Edinburgh on location. Just a little indie film, and uh, yeah, I saw I saw that happening.
1: You saw them deep fry a kebab.
2: I saw them. Well, I actually—that is now a fancy coffee shop. So I went in there on principle, and had we went there, coffee. didn't we, when
1: we were up to do the Edinburgh podcast?
2: Yes, I don't think it was open at the time, though.
1: No, I don't think it was a coffee house then. No,
2: though. I think it was between. I think it had mm. been a cupcake. They place had a and sign in the
1: window. Be. I think. So. Yeah, they this did have an Avengers sign. They did not offer to deep fry anything for me.
2: No, yeah. they still don't deep fry anything, which was a bit of a disappointment if I'm honest. But you mm. know, the coffee was very nice. Okay. So it has did that they going deep fry for the it. coffee. No, I wasn't sure how that would go, so I didn't ask.
0: They must have been offended. Probably were Avenged like well, That wee know. Lassie came in here but she didn't ask to have her coffee deep fried. <laughs> wow.
2: It's just a flawless accent. Yeah. <laughs> Who sure knew what Jerry Will Butler, have... Butler worked there? <laughs> I have no idea. I'm sure that's gained us just just thousands of Scottish listeners. Thus as deep
0: fried. <laughs> Uh, oh, God. A proud um, people. Jimbo, have you stumbled at, 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 in a non-professional capacity <sighs> and back in That's the days difficult.
1: whenever you were so, I mean, that,
0: the, the rogue arm of Empire, you, yeah. were, you, know, you were like the, the paramilitary wing of Empire. Yeah, I was a <laughs> little bit. <was>, <laughs> I wild. mean, I,
1: I stumbled across a lot of them in an unprofessional capacity, but that was while I was on the job uh, <laughs> when I invaded the sets of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone and Pearl Harbor, to name but two, Spider as well. Uh, last orders, I think. Uh, lots of things. But in terms of actually... Wand- I wandered onto the set of The Midwich Cuckoos, which is a recent Ooh. show that we viewed on pilot uh, with Keeley Halls. Great book. Um, yes, indeed. Uh, and uh, and because I was walking to Paddington, ran across uh, Keeley Halls at Paddington Station. Cool. And I can't think of any. I mean, lots of, like I said, I've chased location signs all over the place. Uh, what's it called? The Spy Game. Do you remember Brad Pitt and the Spy Game? Who came from They were filming in the city one week and I got sent by my then editor, to the city on a weekend to search for Spy Guy. Oh, and
2: nothing else is happening in the city at weekend. It's gross. But no, it's actually, like once I was coming through the city on a bus, and it was very slow coming past Bank, uh, and that's because Mary Poppins was filming Mary Poppins. Reference. Mary
1: Poppins? Mary Poppins. Did you uh, collect £200 when you were passed?
2: Uh, yes, yes. Because that's did how it not, works,
1: yeah, right? That's, that's yeah. how it yeah. You, okay,
0: Good. Um, Good, Yeah, it's one of those uh, cost-of-living payouts uh, <laughs> that we hear so much about. Uh, yeah, because I live near the that, that place in Greenwich as well. There's been a few that I've actually kind of watched. So I watched him film uh, Cruella, a scene from Cruella right, through the, the bars of the, the fence at Old Royal Neville College. It was the scene where she comes out and to, I, I want to be adored, I think. Whereas there's, a, there's a big party. Because mm-hmm. that mm. that location is used multiple times in Cruella. Yeah. But it's like a different place each time. And it also plays Regent's Park.
2: It does, yeah. Which
0: which absolutely bears no resemblance. Not, to. not uh, convincingly, not yeah. one
2: of its greatest performances. Uh, uh, My
0: street also appears in that movie, but I'm not going to tell you where, lest you murder me and um That's directed which, at me, which, presumably. Which was, it is. Yeah. You yeah. know where I live, which <laughs> which terrifies me. I, I wake up really every morning to see like you standing you over me like the you know, like the paranormal activity. Yeah. <laughs> Three in the morning.
1: That's me. Naked morning chris <laughs> <laughs> bangly <laughs> bang <laughs> actually that's a bad thing to that's say it, so as we now know, know you definitely shouldn't say bangly bang to people because you're sem- <laughs> it's essentially you're saying really? bum holy bum. bum Well, you're not are you mm. not, i mean
2: i don't to that, think that one this is person a thing. yeah
1: to that one person or
2: their town. let's yeah. you know let's let's be open to it
1: if you know. are that person please inform us where in northern ireland you come from and where this is a thing because i want to know
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: giant's causeway presumably yeah i, mean, I don't the think so it's up near
2: my part of the world why would a causeway be a bangle? Like, well, because the so Giants
1: Causeway sounds a bit like the
2: Giants Back Passage.
1: But so it's, obviously, it's, the entrance to that would be a bangle.
2: But it's just, like this just shows that you haven't come and visited any time you've been in Northern Ireland. So I just like I'm not even going to engage mm-hmm. engage in it because no, it's a whole causeway. Like a causeway is a big road. You wouldn't.
0: Where well, we're a road going, a Helen. We don't need roads. It was a road to Scotland. It and when Finn Scotland. McCool got there, he went, deep fry my kebab, so you will. <laughs> and he went, no, no, Finn McCool, I will not deep fry your kebab, you bastard.
2: Yeah, and then they had a big fight. Aye. Sort of, kind of.
1: because There was a bigger Scottish
0: was giant. There
2: a bigger Scottish giant. And Martin that's why Riggs.
1: Finn McCool was a giant. <laughs>
2: Finn McCool was a giant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was For he a...
1: the giant of the Causeway yeah, that's what
2: we literally Jesus said
1: Jesus Christ. Don't understand, I listen to maybe 10, 15% of what you say on I this know, podcast. You so. speak so much. <laughs> 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 right. Finn, Finn, Finn McCool because McCool. I just assumed the McCool part was like a name he gave himself I no, am no. Finn McCool no
2: he's like, he no. like Conor McLeod like some people just have cool Finn names Finn McCool
1: of the clan
0: McCool so he was a, yeah. he was a big giant so there as are, opposed uh, to well a no. small giant no no no, like no no he was
2: quite a big giant like he was yeah. a big giant like in his own on his own turf But there's this Scottish giant, right? And they start, like, standing on cliffs and shouting insults at each other or whatever. And so finally they decide, look, this is... We're going to have a fight. We're going to sort this out. So So the two of them start building a bridge, essentially, a a causeway across the sea. Uh
1: So they can have a fight.
2: So they can have a fight. But as they start getting closer to the end of the causeway and the the bits start coming towards meeting up, Finn looks over and he's like, this guy is so much fucking bigger than I am. What the hell am I Mm going to do? So he runs home to his missus and he's like... I've made a huge mistake like this guy is going to beat me up he's much bigger than I am I don't know what to do she goes let me just bring the kid to my mother's we'll sort this out so she brings the baby to her mother's house the giant baby the giant baby dresses Finn up in the baby clothes puts him in the cradle
1: this, you're making no, this up this, this is the story right do you tell this to your kids on this tour guide uh, thing
2: everyone tells this to everybody's kids on this tour guide <laughs> okay. okay. you're
1: making this up he says of a, of a story
0: that's been about made about giants yes <laughs> So yes, anyway, the main of the story has been made up. Mean, meanwhile, she she bakes some
2: rocks in the oven and stuff. Anyway, it's whole thing. Just stick with me. So anyway, the Scottish Rock giant, cakes or just rock cakes, yeah, but sure. with rocks in them this time. It's so anyway. Right. So she uh she's there like just doing, doing stuff around the house and the Scottish giant finishes the causeway on his own comes running in to 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 pick on on Finn, but he's a he's a polite guy, so he knocks on the door. She opens it. The giant door. The giant door.
0: Penny. Penny.
2: Penny! <laughs> it's, it's very much like that. So uh, so she explains that Finn isn't home right and now. And that's the big bang theory. <laughs> he's, he's a giant. Because he's a giant, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> she explains it. That-
1: <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Why, why is this coming? So, so, yeah, right. She says right. he's not home.
2: He's not home. Come on in and you can sit down, and have a cup of tea while you wait for Finn to giant come back. Giant tea. Giant tea. So <laughs> the Scottish giant comes in, you know, makes nice. Is a bit discomforted, honestly, by the size of the baby. And and she assures the Scottish giant that the the giant baby is much. smaller When you say than the Scottish father. giant,
1: is his name Macbeth? Is that why you're saying it that way?
2: No, it's because I don't know his name. Right. Okay. There isn't. He does have a name, but I don't remember what it was. So it's uh, Wayne. <laughs> he's he's already getting a bit discomforted by the by the gigantic size of this baby. So massive, Meanwhile, Helen. she gives like a normal kind of a rock kick to the baby, aka Finn. So he's j- chewing away happily. And the Scottish giant is breaking all his teeth on this rock cake. And she's going, well, I don't know what's wrong with you because the baby is having no problems eating exactly the same cake. Wink, wink, look to camera. Anyway, it ends up with the Scottish giant getting so freaked out by this whole thing (laughs) that he runs home breaking the causeway behind him. And that's why we only have the stump of the causeway on the coast.
1: That's right. And he broke the rest of it.
0: Yeah, Yeah. because he didn't
2: want Finn following him, did he? Because Finn was clearly bigger than he was. Because look at the size of his baby.
0: So... In conclusion, <laughs> I stumbled upon a set of Cruella once. They also filmed on my street.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and recently I stumbled upon the set of Napoleon, which was also oh, yes, right, filming was, there at yeah. the John Old yeah. Level College. Yeah, a huge mm-hmm. Napoleon. Uh, so I stumbled upon Napoleon, but I did not see Joaquin Phoenix. But I did recently stumble upon, uh, they were filming in the Old Level College. They were filming something set in the 1936 Berlin Olympics. I'm not sure whether it was a film or a TV show. But because they were trying to recreate Berlin in 1936, the place was liberally festooned with swastikas and mm. German You're sure, uh, it was flags. a film. I've seen, I've seen that, and they had as well,
2: it's very disturbing.
0: They had had to put out signs going, "This is what it's we're all right. doing." right. We're not massive Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is what we're doing, a, and this is film. why there is loads of flags.
2: Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of that. Oh, I tell you what, as well, I went for a race a while ago, and they had just been filming the Craven the Hunter,
0: a giant Craven the Hunter. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Like he was in the sky at the end of Space. That's amazing. So,
0: yeah. That's amazing. I don't know the biggest film. I guess Cruella and Napoleon are those are two pretty big films that I stumbled across. Um I'm trying to think. I'm sure I've told this before in the podcast. Remember the time that um Simon Pegg's The Good Knight was filming in the cafe just beneath where Empire used to be? And
1: we went down and we started waving and he, he called us across i have remembered one. Visit. I have remembered one. Yeah. It was in the year two thousand and near Yes. Uh I saw Christina Ritchie in the uh in in like a, the window of a, a restaurant thing on the while I was walking to the office and they were shooting something. I don't know what it was, it was a film that she made in I guess two thousand. So there you go, that's a great anecdote. You that can write is that down.
2: Fascinating. It's good. Wow. Good.
1: She was in the window making up something.
0: Anyway, let's talk about films next week because I think we have exhausted the possibilities of this section we have to move on if you want to get your question read out on the upper podcast and treat it with the respect it deserves as Chubby Ewok found to uh, his displeasure this week then you can get in touch with me on Twitter I'm at Chris Hewitt and you can send in a DM if you want to you can slide into my DMs you can wait for a panicked shout out every now and again you can just reply to any single one of my tweets All right, movie news, movie news. Word to start with movie news. There is one place, and only one place to start, and that is with the news that Joker 2 is not, which is maybe just called Joker, Volley, Adieu, is not just going to be a straight-up sequel. Mm -hmm. It may well star Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn, uh-huh. uh-huh. And
1: it may well be a musical Kenobi. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Sorry, Helen's looking at me blankly. Sorry, Helen. That was a callback, oh. something while you were on quote unquote holiday. I mean
2: literal holiday, like holiday. I'm not even pretending otherwise. Holiday. holiday. Okay, so um I am obviously very conflicted about this as How someone who admires Lady Gaga and her Gaga. Gaga and her and her film career to date. All um, two of them. <laughs> yeah, but look, you know, good films, good films, good yeah. films, yeah. and 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 then and then and then this, and, <laughs> and then this, and this, and, and then this. This. this, this Helen. Is a thing.
0: Every day is Christmas, Christmas
2: Eve. Maybe this is the one that will get me back on board with the Joker, which sucks.
0: The Joker which sucks. It's like the Dr. Sue story.
2: <laughs> the Joker that sucked. <laughs> yeah. I do not like him in the hood. I, do I not would like not, him. could not on a He's train. No I
1: will not, shall not. In, <laughs> in the, the rain? rain? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no. Just...
2: I do not like him on the stairs. I do not like him anywhere.
1: <laughs> dancing down those steps. <laughs> I do not um, like him dancing yeah. in the... Anyway, uh, okay, okay, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Helen's excitement is. Powerful. I mean, look, I'm
2: trying. I'm really, I'm really trying to, to. I just, it was. It's not the. It's not the performance. It's not the way it looked. It's certainly not the score. I it's just. The pilot, not the plane.
1: Is that what hated, you're saying?
2: Hated, hated, hated its attitude. If it has a different attitude this time, if it has a different outlook.
1: It's on big, the incel world. energy.
2: Yeah, a, a little bit that, a little bit the nihilism, a little bit the Niles. Uh, the the, the, <laughs> the crappy treatment of people with mental health uh, issues. I just you know if it could just be a very 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 different film with with completely different pretty much everything then maybe yeah. I can get on board with it you know?
1: Joker then five
0: stars Empire um, Joker yeah. 2 five stars six stars seven stars eight stars because this news I had a very complicated relationship with this announcement when when it was announced the other day someone on Twitter by the way uh, came up with a genius idea and said they should have just kept this quiet and I'm sure that I don't think they announced this this was scooped by a scoop hound at the Hollywood Reporter who was mm. doing his scoopy thing clearly followed it look sign and then got to Todd Phillips <laughs> yeah. unit base that's it. and then just you know looked at that's the how script that works, that's yeah. how it works yeah. that's what you just do so someone said that they should not have mentioned that this was a musical at all they should have kept it out of the, mar- the marketing if it isn't even yeah. a musical yeah. they should have kept it out of the marketing completely and
1: then when you're in the cinema it's like holy fuck is this a musical
2: send in the clowns.
0: Sound
1: in the clowns <laughs> do you not think that there's a slight schadenfreude to be had from that fact that a a decent percentage of the people who love Joker will absolutely hate the fact that the sequel is a musical.
2: That's true. Yeah, P- that's possibly. true, I guess. But, but then
1: they no, they'll they'll
0: they'll adopt it. They'll they'll cling Poor. it to their bosom. They'll go, it's the best musical ever. You don't understand musicals. Yeah,
2: th- <laughs> I, I do think I I do think that's genuinely quite realistic. I think that is entirely possible that they will rubbish every other musical ever made for not being Joker 2. You uh,
1: can't you come, you come at Lay Miz, you riddling. best not miss. Well Miz, quite miss. Best not miss. I don't know. Anyway, something <laughs> best not miss Marvel. Uh
0: but here's my complicated relationship with this mm. this news. My initial response was one of revulsion, horror, terror I threw up and i I was no, this is awful. this is a terrible, terrible, horrible not no good, very bad, very bad idea bad, yeah. I can't I can't be having this at all. Then half an hour went by and I was thinking, actually. Lady Gaga is really good casting as Harley Quinn. If you're going to go down that route, if you're not going to go Margot Robbie, if you're going to go Elseworlds alternate universe and you're going to do this thing and it's a musical and she's got, you know, one of the best singers in the business and she's fantastic and she's, you know, she's taps into that feign of weirdness mm-hmm. in her, you know, in her... Meat
2: dresses. Meat yeah.
0: dresses, uh, you know. Uh, she, Who she, among she, us has yeah. not
1: worn a meat dress?
0: Uh, I've never meat wow. a dress I didn't like. I don't know what that I means. Um, and... Then really dis- half an hour after that, I was like, you know what? I think this might be genius. <laughs> I genuinely think this might be an amazing idea. Because don't do the first movie over again. No, no, that's a, Change no, don't, it up.
2: Please don't.
0: <laughs> I beg of you, please don't do the first movie again. Uh, 11 Oscars, billion dollars, box office people love it. Uh, we aren't in that camp, but that's fine. But this, this sounds good. And also, I'm now beginning to wonder about the power I wield because I said in last week's podcast, you know, what's the Scorsese film that Todd Phillips might homage this time around? Is it a combination of Condon and Hugo? Is it a combination of New York, New York and um, Wolf of Wall Street? And he may have been maybe, listening. Maybe, yeah. He maybe completely overhauled the script in response to that. Wow. I mean, your power is is astonishing. Um, in in two days, almost
2: unbelievable. In fact, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. almost, almost a bit like a to
0: Northern Irish giant dressing up as a baby <laughs> to bewilder and befuddle a larger Scottish child.
2: I don't see where the you know confusion lies in mm-hmm. that story. It's a very, very classic story. But look, yeah, you're right. It could be amazing. Uh, I do love her. Um, and if, as they say, as I say, if they change everything about the mentality of the first film, then I'm all for this.
0: I don't think they'll change that much, no. but the fact that it's a musical, what are, what are the what are, what are the music? As Michael Caine once said, "What are your favourite music?" And which is a tweet he once tweeted, "What are your favourite music?" And uh, you know, are these going to be original songs, written or even co-written by my, Lady Gaga? Can't
2: read my can't read my Joker face. Oh, <laughs> I mean, that's good. This stuff writes itself.
0: That is very good. And if I if I knew any other Lady Gaga songs. <laughs> i be Bad Romance. Yep. Is that one she does? Yeah, just Dance,
1: so. Down the Steps. There you go.
2: This is all coming together.
1: Jimbo, are you happy about this? Couldn't give a shit.
2: Instead of Edge, of, edge of Glory, Edge of glory. I mean, look, this is going to be fine.
0: Yeah. Hey, Little does Jimbo know I've beeped everything he said on this podcast. <laughs> it's
1: just been a beep, 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 beep. It sounds like Morse code, the whole podcast. The thing about Jimbo is he's a massive beep. It <laughs> <laughs> bangles all the way. Oh. Um... I've got news. Love the bangles. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) what is it? Helen, what you do in the bedroom is your own business. Oh boy. Uh, Paddington 3 has a title and it is Paddington in Peru. Paddington 3 has a director and it is not Paul King, but it is Dougal Wilson, aka the man who did the John Lewis advert.
2: Which one? He's done several, hasn't he?
1: He's done several John Lewis
0: adverts. My understanding is he's done the last few. Okay. So he's like the...
2: Their go-to guy.
0: Yeah and since those those adverts have always struck me as being Paddington esque in their attempts to you know generate a little bit of heart and a bit of whimsy and a bit of bit of you know visual pizzazz, mm-hmm. I can see why they've gone for him also he's
1: never knowingly undersold. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, yes, I'm sure that's true of him. Also, a, a Dougal seems like a good name for a Paddington If director. I were to be you a let Scottish do giant, Paddington.
1: I would 100% be called Dougal Wilson. It I might, don't know what accent that was, but his Wilson. name was Dougal Wilson. I
2: don't know about Wilson, but Dougal does not seem that far off. I, there is a, look, there is a name for the Scottish giant. I just forget the name. I'm sure people are, are yelling it at their podcast listening devices right it now. Is, it
0: is something, isn't it? It is
2: something. He does have a name. It might honestly be Dougal or MacDougal.
0: Hamish Am I going to have to look it up? Oh, for yes. God's sake. The Scottish Giant. The Scottish Giant. Do you think the Scottish Widow will ever remarry? I hope she does. <laughs> I hope she finds happiness. Ben and Donner. Ben and Donner. You know he directed that film with the giant Martin Riggs. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: so Ben and Donner. No, ben and Donner. Ben Donna. and Donner. Yeah. So ben and
2: Donner. Like one word. Like one. Like the name of. Is the it line.
1: in the same way that you know you like Benefar? So it's Ben and Donner. Like yeah. as in.
2: But one person, not two.
1: Okay, so it's not Ben and Donna. His name is Ben and Ben and Donner. His first name is what?
2: His first name is Ben and Donna. Oh, that's the whole first name. I thought you were just complaining.
1: The first name. It's a Ben and Donna. This is like when something.
2: people. I have a I have a very good friend called Anne Harrod, and people thought I was being incredibly formal in always referring to my friend Anne Howard as by both halves of her
1: name.
2: <laughs> um, but her name is one word. It's like Anne Berlin, right? But not you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, Paddington 3. I mean, yes, look. Yes. Paddington in I think, Peru. I think we all have the same, you know, worry here which is that it won't live up to the magnificent mm. standards set by the first two Paddington movies. And and so there is a huge amount of pressure on Dougal Wilson to get this right. No don't mean to add to it, but honestly, I, I actually do mean to add to it. You have you have to get this right. I think he's Dougal aware of Wilson. the pressure. I would imagine, yeah, he seems like a sensible man, so he is but um and look you know paul king is is a huge is hugely behind him wilson himself is a huge fan of the first two films these are all good things but uh but yeah you know mess up Paddington and and he may have to leave the country forever i'm just saying
0: i, I yeah you know i, I... Mean, Fingers crossed. But Every, like, also, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely but fantastic. I would have run a mile from this. To be honest, I would have just gone. No, we're done. We're we're stuck. We're we're done. Paddington two. two that's it. Out. There are yeah. no more Paddingtons from this point on. Yeah. Because how can you possibly top Paddington two? Um, but yeah, so he seems to be going to Peru this time. Yeah. I wonder if the Browns will be following him. If Mister Curry will be following him. Um <gasps> God, they, God, I hope he's not been rescue... deported. Oh. No. Oh God. Jesus
1: Christ! Yeah, he almost certainly has. Under this
0: I government. mean,
2: this government absolutely would deport Paddington.
1: Mm.
0: He just had tea
1: with the Queen, for the love of God. You'd think he'd have some sort of political protection. You would, wouldn't you? But
2: No, not like not against this
1: lot. That's right. Not no. against this lot. This
2: has really depressed me, suddenly.
1: It is. Let's move on to something in no way depressing, and it is that there is a new cut, Spider-Man No Way Home making its way to cinemas, and it is Spider-Man colon No Way Home extended... No, hang on. Spider-Man colon No Way Home... Second colon, the more fun stuff version, which I'm not saying is the worst name for any film ever, but I mean, it might be.
2: It's gotta be in the top two, doesn't it?
1: First of all, you don't go double colon. You never go double colon. You go colon dash or dash colon or something like that. We're going back to bangles, aren't we? 100 percent Never go double colon. I think Once me, you've me, been through the bangle. I don't know. Um, I, think,
0: I think you can you can there's lots of things I can think of at a double colon. Don't don't overdo it.
1: Mission never Impossibles. Do. Yeah. No, no, they use dashes and colons, don't they?
2: They actually do usually mix up. Yeah, Mission Impossible. Th- there was one that
1: might have had a double colon. It's Mission Colon Impossible Dash, and then a subtitle. lot of movies these days dispense with the colon altogether, which uh, is just upsetting. Jurassic Park Dominion, du- World Dominion, Jurassic, Top Jurassic
0: Colon World Colon Avengers Dominion, Endgame, Thor Ragnarok. None of these officially have colons in
1: the title. I can get Avengers. I can get away with because it's like Avengers Endgame. You can always have an apostrophe in there, make
2: it. Quite Ooh, profound. I like an apostrophe, yeah. not just because there's one in my name, but also. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway,
0: why would you have an apostrophe in there?
1: Because it right, shouldn't be. would be an apostrophe because it would be the the Avengers End Game. Their End Game. The End Game belonging to the, the End Avengers, Game
2: belonging to the Avengers. Not
1: the End Game that defines the but Avengers. But then the which, of Infinity course, the War
2: didn't buy. really, you know, belong to the
1: Avengers. That
2: belonged to Thanos. Well, be that's Thanos why does not have an apostrophe, in Helen. War. Uh, I'm
1: really confused. Anyway, the more fun stuff version, which is a genuinely genuinely terrible title for a release uh, is going to build on the one hundred and forty eight minute theatrical cut of that film with some deleted stuff, which I'm sure is excellent and that's why I didn't make it into the
2: it could be film. like they're very very like adorable people if they're just if it's just more of like Ned and mj and and Peter hanging out, that's probably a good thing. but you can see why it might have slowed down the plot and equally if it's you know, Involving those other two people who came into the yeah, film, we pointing probably, at each other. Yeah, yeah, that is delightful too. We could have more of that. That wouldn't be a bad thing. Do we need it strictly? No, but no. I'm not Will mad I see it six
0: it. times? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, there is some hot news about the Old Guard too, a film we all know exists and we cannot wait to see, <laughs> and it is that Uma Thurman and Henry Golding. Have joined right. the cast of The Old Guard 2, which they, will be directed by Victoria Mahoney. Mahoney.
2: Did they think they were short on, you know, cut glass cheekbones? Like what was the <laughs> what was they thinking here?
0: They must have done. So the sequel to The Old Guard is uh it's a film that came out on Netflix a couple of years yeah. ago and Charlie Theron was, was, was a lot
2: of fun. an was, immortal person.
0: Okay. It was not a good film, uh, but this is hopefully gonna be better. <laughs>
2: Let me go. Like it was. Like I just really enjoyed it because it came out at that point in the pandemic where we had had like a couple of months of very good small indie films, and that had been the only thing that was released. And I, for one, had people punching each other. You know like withdrawal symptoms so the the old guard just absolutely hit that spot for me yeah but it was, was brilliant uh, so
1: but. i i did famously did not like it at all on my first viewing yeah. and gave it two stars then watched it again for re- oh because you hassled me i seem to recall me and then no. i watched it again and actually enjoyed it a lot more and then i revised my review yeah and gave it three stars
2: but no it's it's it, it's potentially fun and i'm excited to see what so victoria mahoney who did lovecraft country and uh, what she does with it um Somebody said on Twitter, and now it's all I can see is that Uma Thurman should be playing Charlize's like sister or something, just in the tall, you know, gorgeous blonde immortal. kind of immortal sort mm. of a way. And and now I really want that to happen, even though that's probably not the plan. But there you go.
0: All right. A couple of last things before we move on and review the films that are out this week. Uh, we have they have revealed the name of the bad guy from Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And looks like Miles Morales will be going full Lady Macbeth and saying, out damn le spot. What? <laughs> out out, it's out a,
2: damn spot, famous line from Macbeth. Said, no, who's the, the
0: villain? I'm confused. The spot. spot. L- le spot. The le spot. spot. Not, not, he's, not, he's not French.
2: <laughs> and, and he's not the little dog from the kiddies books.
0: It's the spot. The spot. Le
1: spot. Yeah. Le spot or the spot? The. The spot. The spot. Right.
2: It, in fact, the way you're saying it, it sounds like le spot.
1: Yeah. Le spot.
0: Yeah, Not Lee spot. Lee spot, I- L-E-E Spot. So his it's name is Lee Spot. Lee spot. <laughs> okay,
2: <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> the Spot, he's in, he has um, his body's covered in black, black portals, interdimensional portals. You know how it is. They're made to feel like living ink and they can transport him anywhere he wants to go.
1: That sounds handy.
2: And he can also create portals and send people through Portals?
1: Them. We should talk
0: about that.
2: Hey. And he's voiced by Jason Schwartzman.
0: Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, and the film is not out until next year, but it's very, oh. very, very exciting. Uh, and perhaps he will also be one of the reasons why Miles Morales is going across the Spider Verse if mm-hmm. he has a suit that can actually transport people through the multiverse. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, but the the probably I don't know the coolest bit of movie news this week because you know the, it's very nice that it's Paddington Three and we're all excited about it, although a little bit trepidatious. But a film I'm massively excited about is Knives Out 2, which <laughs> this week got an official title. Ryan Johnson took to Twitter and Instagram to say that the official title of Benoit Blanc's next case will be called Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery.
3: Ooh. A glass Onion. I mean, is this
1: because he's got layers?
0: Well, of course, he did The Last Jedi and it had the layer. That's so true. Only the one, though. He's doubling up. This is true. Uh, Glass Onion, of course, is a title of a Beatles song. Uh, It is off the White Album. It is a John Lennon song. I didn't know Uh, that. It has lots of uh, very interesting and uh, kind of meta lyrics. Uh, It's a great song. Love that song. Um, But whether that's influenced this, I do not know. But, you know, Brian Johnson talked about it. I'm surprised it's called Glass Onion, a Knives Out Mystery,
1: and not a Benoit Blanc mystery. Well, oh. association isn't it? Because you'll there'll obviously, be a demographic of people who will not make the connection.
2: Yeah, I think that's so I think that's it. I think they're it's trying to
1: link that. it together. It's like Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Yeah.
0: Mm, yeah, that's true. That is true. But still, you know, Benoit Blanc, he's the he's the draw. He's the he's the attraction. I know, here. but
2: I I think I think. I think no one would disagree mm-hmm. but I think that um, James's analysis for once is right so. <laughs> Say it again Oh my god <laughs> Never
0: <laughs> Put it on my Wikipedia page
2: Never um, So uh,
0: he has said that he's been inspired by Agatha Christie and how she kept changing things up for her books that you think they're all just whodunners but they're not They're spy thrillers proto slashers, mm-hmm, horrors serial killer hunts gothic romances psychological character studies glam travelogues when I made Knives Out, that's what excited me about the prospect of making more mysteries with Daniel, Daniel Craig, that is, yes. as Benoit Blanc, Benoit Blanc, to emulate Christie and have every film be like a whole new book with its own tone, ambition, reason for being, and
1: title. Here
0: okay. for it.
2: Do you know that Agatha Christie may have been the first English woman ever in the world to surf? No. Well, That's true. No. She vis- No, I'm not kidding. She visited Hawaii in like, whatever, early and she may, she's thought to have been the very first English woman ever to surf.
1: Pics or I just thought happen. you'd
2: want to know that. I don't personally have the pics with me right now, but somebody out there will be able to tell you if I'm right or not.
1: It's dot, 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 Agatha Christie. <laughs> Are you saying point break was adapted from one of her early mysteries?
2: Very much so, yeah. Very much right. so. Yeah. Can we talk just before we go? About mm. Ken. Oh, oh
1: Ken. Livingston. Yes. It's beyond no, my wildest no. ken. What's happening there?
2: It is also beyond
1: it's beyond mine. my wildest ken. <laughs> <laughs> very Scottish uh, this week.
2: It is very. Yeah, I went to um, I went to Sean Connery's castle from Sean Connery's
1: castle. Is that a euphemism?
2: No. And Sean Connery's castle from Highlander.
0: And here you can see my bangle.
2: Anywho, they they revealed the first picture of Ryan Gosling in. Costume is such a strong word. In character yeah. as Ken in the Barbie movie, which is like next year. I, 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 honestly, words have failed a lot of the internet on this. He has bleached his hair like white blonde. He's gone full Zac Efron with the t- with the fake tan and with the abs. He's wearing a cut off jean jacket and personalised underoos. I, I. I don't know what this film is, but I'm so intrigued
1: to find so out. So am I, genuinely. This is the kind of film where, were it made by anyone else, I would avoid like the plague. And yeah. yet,
2: and yet, it's Greta Gerwig directing from a script she wrote with Noah Baumbach. Right, a Barbie movie. I, th- I sense what? it's not
1: going to be th- straightforward.
2: No, but I just, I genuinely don't know what, anything about what to expect, and I feel like it's broken my brain in a more pleasant way than Joker 2, but only slightly more pleasant because Barbie is weird. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. what is happening? I don't know. But anyway, amazing cast. It's also got America Ferrara, Simu Liu, Kate McKinnon, Alexander Shipp, Emma Mackey, Kingsley ben Issa Rae, Michael Cera, and of course, Margot Robbie herself. So, look, incredible people involved. Incredible image of Gosling. Mm. I just, I cannot wait to find out what the fuck is going on. What's what
0: interesting to me it? is the number of people who are just writing this movie off, citing the saying, going, what? What is this? It looks like shit. Someone looked at this picture of him and went, this is giving me cats vibes. And I was like, okay, maybe in terms of it, it's a bold swing and a miss, maybe. But I don't know. I've got a feeling that this is going to be a very, very clever. I'm hoping, and this is this is praise. This is actual praise. I know it sounds like it's faint praise or maybe even not faint praise. Hmm. But I hope that this is this generation's Josie and the Pussycats.
2: Yes, and, and is as successful as that film should have been if there were any if there yes, were any justice in the world.
0: Very much so. Uh, there are rumors that it might be some sort of not a multiverse movie, but that there's loads of different Kens in the film and he's just one of the Kens and Lou is another Ken, and there may be even more than one Barbie. So it's not Amazing. just it's not just Margot Robbie. Very exciting. We shall see what happens when Barbie uh, opens next year on the same day as Oppenheimer.
2: What Wow. Yeah, we talked about this in the we podcast. We did talk about yeah. this. But I've been on all day. I've forgotten everything.
0: I am become Death, Destroyer of Kens. <sighs> I feel
2: like it'll split the audience right down the middle. I feel like those, those films are not... Like The Atom. <laughs> I feel like those films are not really in competition apart from among film nerds. Everyone else has a preference. Would you like to see Oppenheimer or Barbie? Normal people have an answer to that. It's only film nerds that are going to be in any way torn on that day. Mm-hmm. I
0: agree. All right, well, we shall see what happens next year when those movies open in tandem uh, and other places around the world, not just tandem. Uh, Now it is time for our guests this week. Very excited about this because our guests are Emma Thompson, Dame Emma Thompson, if you please, and Daryl McCormack, who are the, well, not the only two cast members, but they are the main cast members of Sophie Hyde's excellent, whoops, spoiler, uh, good luck to you, Leo Grand, in which... Emma Thompson plays a a woman who is a little bit lost. She has never really experienced sexual pleasure. Uh, and she is getting on in years. Not by any means ready for the knacker's yard, of course. But uh, she is someone who's, who's a little you know, desperately unhappy, really. And so she, she books a session in a hotel with a... What, what, a sex worker Shikolo? What's, what's the actual sex worker, sex worker uh, called Leo Grand played by Daryl McCormack and, and the film plays out across the course of several meetings as they get to know each other get to unlock each other's psyches and past and, um, and there's a lot of shagging as well so it's got something for everybody and uh, they're great together they're absolutely brilliant together Daryl McCormack and Emma Thompson as you might expect uh, and and uh, uh, he is uh, an Irish actor that you would have seen in Pixie when it came out a couple of years ago. And uh, she's Emma Thompson.
2: Yes, he was in Wheel of Time as well. Was he? Mm-hmm. The He's Wheel of our- Time
0: is forever turning. That's the famous quote from that. Oh, boy. Uh, and uh, we spoke to them. I say we. Ella Kemp. Ella Kemp is making her empire podcast debut with this interview when she spoke to Emma Thompson and Dara McCormack in a top London hotel a few weeks ago. And I was there to basically press record and try not to laugh at things they were saying, which was difficult because they're goddamn funny. Here we go. Uh, Dara McCormack and Emma Thompson, do please enjoy.
5: Today, I'm thrilled to be joined with the stars of Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, Dara McCormack and Emma Thompson.
4: Hello, Ella. Hey.
5: How are you both doing today?
4: We're all right. We're in a sort of just to give you the scene, dear listeners, in a sort of dungeon room <laughs> underneath a very posh hotel. Um which is sort of decorated with well, sort of um
3: motorbike and golf
4: clubs and is it golf clubs. themed? It's I don't know. I don't think I want to know. Mm. Um I'm not sure about the decoration. Then there's a lot of kind of shards of mirror up on the wall. In fact, I think there may be some sort of satanic ritual about to happen.
5: I'd just like to say Empire didn't bring you here. No. We can't. You say that. Please don't you say send that. Us and hate yet mail. we
4: are holding microphones. Oh, we have to. It's happy a little bit difficult here? for you to refuse to <laughs> accept responsibility. We're very happy to be here. I love Empire magazine. I do love it. I've always loved it.
5: Well, we love you. And we're thrilled to have you both here. Um, in in you know we're in a closed off room. Um, we've, we're kind of stuck with each other, but I think it, it's kind of beautifully fitting for the film that we're talking about. Indeed. Um, so your film, for anybody who hasn't been lucky enough to see it yet, is a beautiful sex positive comedy. Um, in which Emma, you play Nancy. Um, a An ordinary but very extraordinary woman who hires Daryl's character, Leo, a sex worker, and they have a wonderful series of days and nights together. The whole film hinges on your relationship, the two of you. Um, Can you take me back to when you first met and what were your first impressions of each other?
3: I was like, oh God, really. I don't know if I could do this. I mean, she's just so uncharming and... um, (laughs) I I remember meeting you outside your garden yeah. and and we went for a walk um in the in, mud in the mud and I remember being so conscious about actually my my uh footwear because I wore Doc Martens and it was like muddy puddles and
4: um it was a spot of sliding yeah, it was there was a spot
3: of sliding <laughs> um but yeah I remember just having such a beautiful walk and um, talking about the film. And, um, you know, at this point I hadn't officially attached, so it was just a chance for us to get to know each other and our take on on the project. But it was such a beautiful introduction, I, I felt. I think we were really trying to just get to know one another because we knew how intimate the film was and how much we would have needed to rely on each other. Mm. Um, and yeah, yeah so. you
4: couldn't do it without. You couldn't do it without yeah. complete trust, and also knowing that you're stepping into something that's something of a of a a mystery. Mm. Because actually, until we started to play it, mm. we didn't really know. What it was, actually. I mean, I knew it was essential mm. that we make it, that that when Casey sent the script, I said, we absolutely have to make this, it's brilliant. But until I started to play her, mm. and you may have found this with Leo, but until I started to play Nancy, like at the read-through, I didn't realise how emotional um, you yeah. know when she starts to cry talking about her experience as a 16 year old with that Greek waiter and you know the the cauterization of her sexual pleasure when she was little and, and suddenly the, the, the tragedy of it actually mm-hmm. that she's only had these very very well Mm. What, how would you describe a sexual experience to that moment? I mean, Leo is quite... Almost detrimental. Yeah. You know. Almost harmful, yeah. Yeah, I think there's something
3: that was that, that those layers kind of came in and through our work with our director Sophie Hyde as well. Mm. Um, and I think we realised the scope of what the film had to offer in terms of, yeah, the levity at moments, but also the the real questioning of, of these issues that I don't think have been addressed, you know, or that we certainly haven't seen on screen. And so it became a, you know, an amazing opportunity to go on this journey. Um, but we were, I think as surprised as we got further and further into the work that it had so much, um, that was kind of falling on our shoulders and Sophie's so.
5: So much of the film is really surprising in all the topics that it talks about, as you say, and what I loved is that there's a relatively even split between, I think you could expect the film to be full of very, well, physical, intimate scenes, um, which there are some of those, but also so many of the shocking and really quite stunning moments are in the dialogue. Um, When you were filming this, which scenes as actors felt more revealing and nerve-wracking was it the physical ones or you know the very dialogue heavy ones where you which is just very confessional Hmm.
4: oh definitely the dialogue yeah i mean when we got to physical intimacy it was like we honestly said it was like um yeah, it was it's like, like
3: you Christmas. get to come in like, you your own clothes. Yes. It's <laughs> a half day and you get ice cream <laughs>
5: exactly. and
3: like you, you get no homework. It's, it's like, like a holiday. <laughs>
4: it, was a, it was fantastic it was a holiday. because there weren't any
6: words.
4: It was just us with their clothes was. on in a room. So like, what should we do now? Oh, let's this. Oh, that's funny. It was just heaven. So mm. that wasn't a problem. But every night we used to just do, mm. the, the because there were so many words. I mean, you know, this is a film that's... An hour and a half, around forty minutes, whatever. Shot in nineteen days. Um, that's quite a number. And Sophie, thank God, mm. you, know, you couldn't do it without knowing it absolutely perfectly. So we worked, and uh, in the evenings as well, obviously to prepare for the next day. And um, oftentimes it was sitting there going, "Oh gosh, is this <laughs> is this going to be funny? Or is this going to be?" It could be quite quite sad. Mm. I don't know. I hope it's not going to be this funny because if so, I'm not going to be able to keep a straight face Mm. because there were moments when Mm. we did
3: have difficulty. Yes, absolutely. Um,
4: But as you say, there's levity, but there's also these very deep dives that we make um, as characters. And so and those are as you rightly say conversational because conversation is everything when you're finding out about people Mm. and there are those two people looking into each other's eyes and or not depending on what they're trying to hide or not and those are the moments that you really have to get right if you want the audience to receive what's going on
5: yeah it's so intense. I can imagine more so for you than for viewers watching because watching it, it, felt, it feels intense, but in a very nourishing way. Like, oh, thank God somebody's finally saying this and they're finally doing this. And I do think part of it, for me, I was lucky enough to watch it in January 2022 um, when the Sundance Film Festival had gone virtual because of the pandemic. And obviously, because I was watching these films at home, you could kind of feel lingering covid in a lot of films. And I'm wondering how much that kind of swayed how you felt on set with this film because it felt like a film which had to adapt to the pandemic as so many films have in terms of, you know, it's just the two of you and there's, there's one room. Did it kind of change the emotional tone on set in that way? Because a lot of the conversations feel like questions that you might have been asking yourself while you're in lockdown on your own for two years.
4: I, I don't I don't think that the film... I don't think so, actually, um, because Katie didn't write it necessarily. Did she write it in lockdown? I can't remember. Maybe, maybe that affected her in the sense that she had time, um, and maybe it affected the possibility of the film being made because um, it was just two people in a room. But that's all positive.
5: Oh, yeah, it's a wonderful. And as for us, you know, we were lucky
4: because that what it, the way it affected us was really how Norwich was. It was
3: incredible. Yeah. We had, Norwich was in a lockdown and we were staying 15 minutes from the set, so we were practically in a somewhat deserted city, Mm. which only provided more space for us to feel safe to walk around and and be so focused on what we were doing because I think also with no kind of social element of making a film, which can happen.
4: That's true. <clears throat> you That's go for true. drinks
3: with yeah. the crew and stuff.
4: Didn't do any of that. You know. Not one drink. No, we weren't allowed. I'm so sorry. We literally weren't allowed. And it, so it became therefore a very, very private, intimate experience. Mm. And I think we probably were greatly helped by that. Yeah, We wouldn't have had that intensity mm. of experience I felt like we were on our own mm. with Sof, but mm. obviously Sof's outside the set mm. but it was like being on our own for a month yeah. in a room it really was
5: yeah
4: extraordinary
5: sounds lovely it was
4: it was absolutely <laughs> fantastic
5: um, Emma I want to ask about where the kind of film finds you in terms of your wider career um, there's one film in particular which from quite a few years ago back um, I want to mention The Tall Guy from 1989 And, you you know, there's a sex scene towards the beginning of that film in which you're very, um, curts the wrong way, you're very frank, you're very direct, you're very honest. Um, Does this feel like a bit of a, sorry, and also I must say for listeners, um, it's with Jeff Goldblum as well. Um, I just feel like that needs to be, you know, Mm -hmm. clear to everyone. Um, (laughs) Does it feel like a bit of a full circle moment for you? now you mention
4: it, um, it hasn't, I made but, it a full circle but you for you have made the circle for me. Um, I think maybe that the connection is that Jeff and I were so frightened before that sex scene. Of course, the tall guys are full on comedy, Richard Curtis's first movie script. And we were terrified. We were so terrible. We had indigestion for weeks and we sat in our dressing gowns just panting with fear <laughs> before we started and we did two days and that gave me so much confidence uh, going forward if I ever had to take my clothes off because I knew it was just such a lovely thing to do um, if you had the right atmosphere on set. There were, mm. These were the days of no intimacy coordinators mm. um, and so we just sort of were flung in there and we were doing wild things Absolutely wild, wild, flinging ourselves around, getting toes stuck to our asses and everything. So, um, yeah, it, it made me realise that that nudity was leveling but elevating at the same time, humbling but also ennobling at the same time.
5: Yeah, well. I mean, another part of that, obviously, is your, we've touched on this, but your on-screen partner in scenes like this is is everything. I want to come back to what you're saying about your first meeting. When you first met Daryl, but you hadn't, you know, got on set and become characters, what was it about him that made you think that, first of all, he was right for the character of Leo Grand, but that you could do this together?
4: It, it, It was because you were so thoughtful. You were so thoughtful and curious and... I knew that it needed to be so examined mm. forensically examined I think we talked about that in that first meeting um and you were so engaged with the idea of it and you know a bit nervous because why who wouldn't be and um um but that wasn't getting in the way of your um The sort of integrity of your curiosity, if you see what I mean. Mm. And um, I knew that that was going to be the bedrock of everything. You know, we had to be curious and profoundly thoughtful all the time. And um, uh, I knew we'd probably be able to laugh. I think we had a few laughs on that. I mean, obviously, we weren't quite... (laughs) We didn't we didn't know the extent to which oh, we, would we would be, be literally floored by hysteria <laughs> on many occasions but um that that was important, not essential but pretty important mm. um and um and physically as well, there was something very um I thought important for me and Nancy uh, uh, about um, Daryl being tall, Leo being tall. There was something about the relationship mm. between her looking up at him, an older woman looking up at a younger man. If they'd been at the same height, um, it would have changed the, the, the power structure as well. Um, and because it's such an odd power structure, it's so unfamiliar Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that felt felt right as well
5: Darrell I have to ask you must have had um, some thoughts a thought or two about Emma before meeting but um, in what way did she surprise you when you started working together what were things that you really didn't expect
3: mm. I mean was, I, it,
4: was it when I jumped out of that cupboard yeah <laughs> same boo sorry flinging that that can of baked beans yeah at your yeah head. Was that, that, <laughs> that was, was surprising. surprising yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, um,
3: so why
5: isn't this in the film
3: I think I was I was super excited to the prospect of working with Emma because um, I've admired her for quite some time and um, but I think I was—I was. I was are you laughing? <laughs> on, I'm being honest, Dimitri. <laughs> Is it me doing a serious answer now? No,
4: no, no, at all, not at all. It was just something as you were being born.
3: I was. <laughs> oh yes. I, I
4: was. It was in '93. He was born in '93. I'm just saying. In January '93. January '93. What were yeah.
5: you doing in January 1993?
4: I was accepting my first Oscar. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> I've never felt so
3: old.
5: <laughs> Did that surprise you when you realized that Tom? i thought that
3: was i think that's amazing isn't it? i think this is amazing um i i was super excited but obviously super nervous and intimidated and um but i think what was really comforting meeting emma was just how willing she was and how just kind of collaborative she was and how much she felt like my you know part in this was deeply respected by her and, and, and I never felt once you know at e- um, never felt once like um, judged or I really felt like I was invited to collaborate and, and be creative in this project with her and that was just incredibly refreshing just on the basis of how different or, or experience or you know or experience of work is um, and so for that reason, it felt super special and exciting. And I think as people as well, like, I just felt like, I don't know, we were able to just have conversations and or, or differences as people never got in the way. We really were able to just
4: I wonder how long, if you put together all the conversation that we had in that month, I wonder how long that conversation would be if you mm. kind of timed it <laughs> and then compared it to conversations you've had with people you've known for years, Yeah, but you only see, you know, yeah. once every so yeah. often. We must have had so many hours of conversation about so many things. It's It's one of the great privileges, I suppose, of our job is that we do sometimes get these extraordinary experiences mm. but they were only intensified of course by the covid of it all yeah. mm.
5: we're running out of time but i've got a couple of quickish fire questions for you so good luck to you leo Grand. it's in a hotel room you're just stuck with well you're not stuck with one other person but <laughs> you're you are with just one other person if you had to be stuck In a hotel room, I'm going to say for five days, considering the current, you know, self-isolation, etc. If you had to be stuck in a hotel room with one other person for five days, um, who would you pick?
4: Dead or alive? Both, either. Both? Oh, God, that's such a good question. Well, would you go negative? Well, you wouldn't go negative. You'd have to go with somebody you wanted to go to sit, spend time yeah, with. Yeah. I mean, you know, would you spend five days in a room with Napoleon and try and find out what took made and tick? Mm. Or, you know, just because that would be interesting. Um. Or, you know, obviously somebody exquisitely brilliant like Mary Shelley or Wollstonecraft or one of the early feminists. That would be a fascinating conversation. Mm. I'd love that. What about you? I don't
3: know um I always go to some like obvious like musicians like Bowie or someone I don't know just musically or I don't know I how don't,
4: much you get out of him I don't like know see I don't
3: days. I don't even know it's
4: five days yeah. you have gotta have someone who's you just willing sleep to talk a little bit but you're I'm not very to much of, like, what me, about somebody you want goodness. to have lots of sex with that's There's true that. that's so true <laughs> but then you see then what if it's not good you made five a days. decision you've got yeah. five days and the sex is not very good <laughs> then it becomes a brutally boring and banal experience. So in a sense you know you, t- you go for somebody terribly surprising. I mean any kind of any of the religious leaders would be very interesting.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah, that's interesting like Augustine or you know
4: yeah somebody like, someone that.
3: like that just in a different completely different time
4: yeah yeah someone from oh that would be so yeah. interesting Jesus. Yeah. He'd be fascinating I'd love to spend Five
5: days in a room with Jesus Talking about
4: human rights He'd be knocking it out of the park Wow! And might have been very good in bed We don't know <laughs> Obviously there's been no in- investigation Or thought about that but, um, So final answer hmm? Jesus um, No I think that's a little bit no. so I, 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 in- I don't know what my final answer is I'm not going to give you one Because I think I've given you quite a lot <laughs> Frankly, (laughs) probably too much. You've given me
5: so much. (laughs) I I, I wish we had a sequel to go into this right now, but I'm afraid I think for now we must wrap up this conversation. Thank you so much, both of you, Emma and Daryl, for joining me. And congratulations on good luck to you, Grand.
4: Thank you. Love to all you beautiful Empire readers. I'm such a creep.
5: Okay,
0: so that was Emma Thompson and Darren McCormick, and we'll be talking about good luck to you, Leo Grand, in just a few minutes. But first off, it is time to talk about the big release this week, which is the latest film from Disney Pixar and the first Disney Pixar film to get a theatrical release in some while. And it is Lightyear, which is what they're saying the definitive origin of Buzz Lightyear, or how it's the definitive origin of the toy of Buzz No. It's a definitive origin of the... It's very confusing. It's very clear in the movie, which is more clear than it has been in the marketing of this movie. The first 10 seconds of this film clear up very, very nicely. Sophie Butcher is here. Hello. Hello, Sophie. Uh, Because James, being negligent, and Helen, being absent, have not seen Lightyear. (laughs) So (laughs) Sophie is here to talk about this movie. Tell us, Sophie.
6: Yeah, so... As you say, there's been a bit of confusion about this one from the start, from when it was announced. Is it a completely separate spin off? Is it about a real astronaut in the Toy Story universe?
0: Which, which is kind of how it seemed to be at least interpreted whenever it was first announced.
6: Yes, that it was the toy had been based on a real astronaut and this was a film about that person. But um, yeah, the film, as you mentioned, does a really nice job of summing up what it's actually about with a title card, which says that in 1995, a boy called Andy got a Buzz Lightyear toy the toy was based on a movie and Lightyear is that movie mm-hmm. so it's about a fictional
0: 10 seconds you're done yeah, yeah. Like,
6: just say that two years ago I don't know why they didn't <laughs> just say that <laughs> in plans? all the marketing there's been for the film um yeah so it's, it's cleared up it, it feels much clearer when you're going into it but yeah to get into the story itself so um we meet Buzz and his fellow space commander Alicia Hawthorne who's voiced by Uzo Aduba. Buzz is obviously voiced by Chris Evans little actor called Chris Evans that mm. we might have heard of never heard of him no. not Tim Allen no which also makes it still adds to the confusion even though it's being cleared up because wouldn't the wouldn't the toy be voiced by the person not necessarily not, necessarily, yeah. not always Tom Hanks's brother voices Woody
2: toys apparently mm-hmm. so this so
1: Chris Evans is Tim Allen's brother that's extraordinary yeah. I had no idea
2: <laughs> I don't think that follows from one example that's what I heard
1: thing. yeah
6: yeah so we meet um, Buzz and Alicia and they are they wake up from their, um, so they're like asleep, which Buzz actually mentions in Toy Story, like a cryogenic sleep. And they wake up with this new mission that they have to go and explore a new planet, which is full of these creepy vine-like aliens and stuff. And basically they end up getting away from that and they're trying to fly their ship and it crashes. And that maroons Buzz and Alicia and the rest of the crew on this brand new planet. And Buzz feels like it was all his fault. And the rest of the film is essentially about him trying to get them home, mm-hmm. finish the mission so that they can be space commanders again.
0: Indeed. Let's leave it there. Uh, and we'll get into all this stuff because we are doing a light year spoiler special. Uh, I interviewed the director, Angus McLean, and the producer, Galen Sussman earlier on this week and there's a lot of stuff to talk about there's some mm. pretty big revelations there's some pretty big thematic yeah. swings that are going on here naturally because it's a Pixar movie uh, what I find really interesting without again getting into the, the meat of the plot mm-hmm. it's a film that has a, a, has a has a message that I think is quite unusual for a movie that is quote unquote aimed at kids which is that it's okay to fail it's okay to fuck up
6: mm. but you
0: have to come to terms and live with your failures
6: yes yeah that's an ongoing thing that Buzz has to try and live with a mistake. Other people make mistakes. They have to live with it. He has to sort of stop beating himself up about it. Um, But yeah, it flings you into some space action, as you would expect. There's lots of hijacking this ship and, I don't know, stealing this suit. And it moves along at quite a pace. That was one of the things that made this not really sing for me, was that it felt a bit messy, a bit chaotic. Sometimes you never quite knew what ship you were on and where you were trying to go at any one time. And it really, it thrusts you into the context I described in the plot without really giving you any background as to where buzzers come from, what world they came from, what that world was like, what they're trying to get back to. And so you never really feel invested in his mission to get home. That was, that was a problem that I, I had with it. Don't know about you, Chris, but.
0: Yeah. And it's an interesting one, this movie, in that it, it, ticks all the boxes, hits all the right areas. Mm. It's got action aplenty. It's it you know it's got loads of wisecracks and quips and laughs. And, it's
6: very like gag heavy. Like yeah. they're pumping them out. Like
0: yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. It looks amazing. It looks absolutely it's spectacular. Really beautiful. A phen- phenomenal film in that regard, and it moves along at a feral lick. And yet, I felt that, and maybe a second film will we'll change this, but it felt to me like it was perhaps the coldest Pixar movie in some mm. while. And not saying that every Pixar movie has to be warm and fuzzy and it has to make you feel all the feels. And it certainly tries to make you feel all the feels. I don't think it quite gets there. I wonder if no. part of that is that Buzz Lightyear himself is a very strange character. very un, very A character that I think is very, very hard to get to grips with and very hard to relate to despite, you know, the fact that I can relate to numerous things that he does, which is, you know, he fucks up uh, loads and he's a control freak who can't let go. Uh, so <laughs> those are things I directly relate to. Yeah. but. Despite that, I just felt that he's he's still a cipher for me.
6: Yeah, and he's not really developed beyond those things, beyond being this kind of cocky astronaut, which is how mm. we meet him in Toy Farm, in Toy Story. He thinks he knows best, etc. You know, he he grows in that film, but here, yeah, the depth of his character isn't really there. And when they're pinning the whole film on him as a character, as that piece of IP, that's when it starts to feel cold. That's when it starts to feel a bit cynical to me. Um, it's very important to point out there's a very cute robot cat in this film called Socks, which was honestly the highlight of the film for me. That yeah. might sound really immature,
0: <laughs> no, it was, but um, Socks is great. Socks is great. He's a,
6: a great like source of humor. Um, again, it's that kind of animal companion thing that Pixar likes to do. And yeah, there's plenty of laughs to be had. There's plenty of fun to be had. It does, like Chris says, looks beautiful the way Pixar have depicted space. But yeah, there was just something quite missing. And when, when you compare it to things something like Turning Red, you, you, you're you wondering why is this in the cinema and Turning Red isn't. And it's because it's got a name that people recognise. And that feels a little... That's a bit of a shame to me, I yeah. think.
0: Yeah, I, I can see that. I, I really hope that this is the beginning of the Disney giving Pixar the respect they deserve and giving them cinematic releases again. There, there's not going to be a Pixar film for another year until Elemental comes out next yes. year. which uh,
6: sounds really... That sounds like going back to...
0: Inside what Out and all that sort Pixar, of really yeah. high concept stuff, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, listen, enjoyed this. had a had a very very good time with it, but it is not for me top level Pixar. No, uh, and we gave it three stars, and I'm I'm on board with that. But I am looking forward to getting into it in the spoiler mm. special. Once mm. you guys see it, we'll record that and uh, wait. and have a bit of a chit chat about it all. Okay, well, Sophie's gone. Look at that, the magic of podcasts. People can just portal in, portal out again. We should talk about portals. Uh, we should talk about good luck to you, Leo Grand. My God, that's a good segue. <laughs> Helen, you've been away, but I haven't Incredible. lost my segue in powers. Wow,
2: just just amazing. Hell's bells. Yes, so this is the story of a woman who is starting over late in life. Uh, she's a retired teacher. Uh, she's been widowed, and she's played by Emma Thompson. And she has decided that after being with only one man her entire life, it is time to try some stuff. And accordingly, she has hired a handsome young sex worker, um, known as Leo Brand, played by McCormick, um, to help her find the sexual satisfaction she has that was always missing in her marriage and that she's never really explored before. Uh, so, you know, she has heard all of these terms, she's aware of all of these things, but she's never had the chance to experience them because her her late husband was very much a sort of um well Let's say he didn't put her f- pleasure first and foremost. So she uh, she goes, basically, this is a series of meetings in a hotel room between uh, Thompson's character and McCormack's character. And there are discussions about aging, there are discussions about sex, of course, there are discussions mm-hmm. about relationships, trust, openness, bodies, what we can expect from each other as people. And... Um, it's. I just thought it was brilliantly, brilliantly played. It's very, very funny lo- a lot of the time, but also incredibly moving at mm-hmm. times. Um, there's real pain in in both their, both their stories, both their past, and and also kind of real hope for their future. So it's a it's a really, I just find it a fascinating, fascinating story. It doesn't get into, too much into this sort of, um, well, the politics of sex work and that kind of thing. There's no, there's nothing in there. I mean. In a way, maybe that's unfair because if this had been between an older man and a young woman, I think there probably would have been more discussions about the power politics involved. As it is, they sort of, they they touch on that but don't dwell on it. Maybe that would have been worth going into a little bit more. But even as it is, I think it's, it's a really, really interesting look at Sexuality and sexual exploration, and getting your confidence at whatever, age. and a
1: bold choice by Emma Thompson to do it. Now, this has got yeah. like sex scenes, nudity, all sorts of stuff, which she said she's not been asked to do previously.
2: Yeah, it, it does, and and I think it's 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 funny because it is coy about some of that stuff for a certain amount of the running time, and then it's really not coy. Uh, Bangles all end. over the place, quite. Uh, so yeah, the, it, it it really goes there, but it by the by that point yeah. it, you almost feel like it's earned. It's Sex montage, if you will, you know mm. it's earned uh, that that sort of moments <laughs> of connection or whatever it is. um Certainly, physical pleasure for her, given what you learn about her life and what she's
0: been See, through. Lightyear so. doesn't earn a sex montage. <laughs> you know, a lot <laughs> yeah, of films, our place. Yeah. A lot
2: of films just have gratuitous sex montages. This one is absolutely non-gratuitous. socks on while being hilariously gratuitous at the same time.
0: Good luck to you, Buzz Lightyear. <laughs>
2: Um, but no, honestly, I, th- I think it's a fascinating film about something that you just don't see, which is older women's sexuality, and mm. um, and really that's what it's about. It's not about you know, uh, it's, it's not watered down. This is not a subplot in somebody else's story. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very much front and center. And um, yeah, fair play to everybody involved.
0: Full front and center. Full
2: front and center. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. No, yeah.
0: there's there's uh, some incredibly um, uh, brave brave places it goes to, brilliantly written, uh, really well written uh, by Katie Brand and really well directed as well by Sophie Hyde. I thought this was, this was terrific. There really isn't a lot more to say beyond that. I mean, you, yes, you do see why he's called Leo Grand and not say Leo <laughs> Short or Leo Demi. But, um, and yes, I did have to Google Starbucks cup sizes oh <laughs> to make that work. Uh, she's terrific. He's terrific. And um, yeah, it's one of those movies that I think might be off putting to people because it is so St- well, it's dealing with subjects,
2: yeah. Well, yeah,
0: but also that, oh, yeah. but also it's it, you know, it, it's not... It is cinematic, which is interesting, I mm. think, uh, but it, you know, it could easily be a stage play mm. as well. Yeah, I thought it was terrific, and uh, we gave this one four. Four stars, then, to good luck to you, Leo Grand. Last but not least this week, we have the new film from Joseph Kaczynski, the director... We, didn't
2: we do that already?
0: Of- oh, that's right, yes, of course. The director of Top Gun Maverick. I see
1: what you're doing here.
2: What are we doing here? I just meant because he, he did Top Gun. We did his new film yeah. like, two weeks ago. That's what you're doing here.
1: Yeah. See, I I understood that reference. <laughs> <laughs> well, what what am I doing? I don't know. Carry on.
0: <laughs> well, what am I doing? Spiderhead. 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 And his amazing friends. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings,
1: Spiderhead fans. <laughs> should, should I just talk seen? about this film? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. He's I, back. I which is, up. and crucially... The Bruce, body of a spider Bruce. and the mind of a Hemsworth. That's what this is. Uh, this is Helen is rolling her eyes at this point. Fair enough. I think, I think uh, Helen would prefer the other way around: the body of a Hemsworth and, and the, the mind, mind of, of
3: a spider.
2: <laughs> I, I don't think that would be fun either.
0: It would be amazing, Chris Hemsworth. Chris no, Hemsworth because he'd try to eat you after sex. Yeah, it'd be so.
2: no, no, mm-mm.
0: no, no, no. James, you're meant to eat people before sex. <laughs>
1: Again, this is why I won a sex award. <laughs> clearly, clearly, and not a best Helen award. Uh, right, anyway, this is a film. I've never tried a best Helen. Steady. This is a film. <laughs> this is a film. I use inverted commas around the word film. But this is uh, this is based wow. on a short story published in The New Yorker, uh, written by George Saunders. Escape from Spiderhead and its styles. Styles? It's styles. It also stars Miles Teller as a convict at a very, very cushy, Prison, which is a little bit like a, 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 a sort of a Nordic spa resort based in a Bond villain's lair. Uh, and the idea is that they can get out of, you know, Gen Pop and their normal prison and they can go to this sort of spa retreat whereupon they are experimented on using drugs. So the pharmaceutical company run by Chris Hemsworth, whose name is just Steve, and Steve does... Abnesti. Ex- yes, that's true. But they all refer to him as Steve. But Mr. Abnesti, Helen, is his dad. He yeah. wants to be Steve. He's cool, Steve. Uh, and Steve puts them in a room, talks to them and uses a variety of drugs. Some make them laugh, some make them fall in love, others make them paranoid and upset, some make them afraid and it's a big sort of pharmaceutical test. Now, the short story is quite pointed and extremely bleak with no fat on it and it's actually kind of cool. This is something that's been very, very fleshed out to fill a feature length length and also to fit a cinematic format they've kind of softened they've rounded off the edges they've softened it they've taken all the bite out of the story to be honest um we gave this three stars. I'm just jumping on here. I think that was rather generous of Nick DeSalle, to be perfectly oh. honest with you. I did not think this was a three-star film. I struggled with this one. I really did. Like, it's got it's got some good performances in it. Mars Teller is a lot of fun in there. Journey Smollett is in it as a character called Lizzie. She's good too. I thought Chris Hemsworth, who, and I can't emphasize this enough, I absolutely love in everything, is catastrophically miscast in this particular role. I didn't think it worked at all. And the way the character is written in the short stories is much more sort of overtly sinister where here he's a bit of a kind of tech dude bro like everybody's pal but a little bit sort of like he almost had a bit of comedy Thor in his character here and it didn't sit very well with me and I just felt that this it didn't do anything new it felt like an episode of Black Mirror but an hour and a half long and it's like we've seen this kind of stuff before it's not really clever it's not doing anything groundbreaking it's not saying anything new and there's a couple of shocking moments there's some shocking violence in it which kind of comes out of nowhere but I just think what it was doing it's incredibly predictable And by the time the end, you're like, well, that's a thing that happened.
2: I think there's good moments in it. I think there's some good ideas. I I thought... I didn't think Hemsworth was miscast because I see what mm. they were kind of going for with that one. Mm. But I th- he's very much how t- tech bros like to think they are. Yeah, oh and, yeah. And
1: absolutely the opposite. But it's just like they, they put are. some glasses on Thor. That's essentially what they did. Here.
2: Essentially, yes. And and he's so well groomed and, and, you know, smiley and handsome and everything, of course, that it's it's like, dude, that's not how you look to everyone else, just FYI here. <laughs> um but, you know, I think I think there's a good there's a good notion here. I think it it, it suffered from some Weird um, inexactitudes. So there was stuff that wasn't very clearly laid out that I thought would be, would have benefited from a little bit more explanation. Like there's a there's a word the word darken fox is used a huge amount. so many times, but they don't ex- really explain what it is or what its point is or why it exists in the first place yeah. and it's that kind of thing you're like well if if you explain to me what this is and why then I will be more impressed by you
1: well I think you kind of get there you kind of understand towards the end don't you the the reasons for these yeah, things
2: yeah but it doesn't you know it doesn't have a it doesn't have an in-universe in sort of explanation clearly enough I think some of the stuff was just a little bit muddier than it needed to be and I think that's where it, it loses interest it
1: thinks it's a lot smarter than it is this film like, yeah, it I think thinks it, it's being quite I, profound and a bit risky I think it's it
2: hard. needs I do think it needed to be sharper than it is mm. certainly but yeah we, we give it three I, I don't think that's unfair mm.
1: I'd give it two uh, and there's a character in this called Shitfinger who writes things on the wall in shit and had I been the one reviewing it that's possibly how I'd
0: have done wow, it wow that seems harsh Okay, three stars then for Spiderhead. Uh, there are a couple of other films we want to mention very quickly in Dispatches. James is furious because he's only seen two films in his life. One of them is Last Seen Alive, yeah. the new Jerry Butler film. That is
1: Last Seen Alive. <laughs> it's not very good. I was watching it. I was so in it. I got on the wrong train this morning and nearly ended up on the well, coast. Well, that sounds like it's good then. No, I just wanted to see what happened. It's, uh, it's, it's one of these films, it's a two-star film, but I actually had more fun with it than I should have done. By the time it gets to the end, you're like, this is not a good film, but it's surprisingly consistently tense as Jerry Butler, a guy whose wife, played by Jamie Alexander, is abducted at a gas station, and he has to try and find her, and no one believes she's missing, and he's searching for her, and it's all very stressful. But it, it's not as terrible as it sounds. It's the best I can say.
3: That it, it sounds great. Made me Was miss it? a
1: train, James Dyer, Empire. Made you miss a train, mm. consistently tense, yeah, it is consistently Butler. tense. It just it Lady goes to some Sif. silly. It, it's it's very unoriginal, and it, it gets a little bit silly. It's a bit where the camera literally pans across something that says "highly flammable" and then obviously blows up two minutes later. Uh, uh, great. Uh, it's not I it's am. not
0: it's not sophisticated. All right, I don't think we got an official review of this, but it's a Jerry Butler film, so therefore two stars, three hundred stars <laughs> for for this uh, last scene alive and Helen.
2: Yes, uh, To tu c'est sais bien passé, aka everything went fine, which is the new film from Francois Ozon, uh, premiered in Cannes last year. Sophie Marceau stars as the grown up professional daughter of a man who has a stroke and even when he wakes up even though he appears to be on the road to recovery he's like i am not up for this life of being you know limited and and getting older and getting weaker i just want to go uh, to dignitas basically and end my life and it's the dilemma that that presents for his family despite that it is kind of a comedy at times a lot of the time it's very funny um but it's also dealing with stuff that again we don't talk about a lot aging infirmity You know, long-term serious illness before death and and the effect that that has on you and and your your family. And then, of course, you know, the right to die, the choice of dying. Um, So it's I know that sounds horrifically depressing, but genuinely quite a life-affirming film in a strange way. I thought it was really clever. I'd probably go, we haven't got an official Empire review. Uh, For me, it'd be... Uh, Say four. It's a low four, Four. high three, probably. Yeah. All
0: right. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Yeah. Everything went well. Everything went Uh, fine. Yeah. Everything went fine. Sorry. Not to be confused with everything is awesome.
2: No, or everything everywhere
0: all at once. Or um, everybody wants some.
2: Oh, no. Two
0: exclamation marks.
2: That's a good film. I need to watch that again.
0: Yeah. Four stars in for everything went fine. There you go. Um, I've seen all of that director's works. Except for this one, okay. uh, this is a pretty big hole in my ozone layer.
1: <laughs> wow,
2: he's one of our fit directors, isn't he? He should—is he?
1: Not. Oh yeah, is he? I think so. We—this is how much of a rush we're in. We're now googling the fit director. I know, but real director. quick, real quick, real, unbelievable, real quick, unbelievable. Here I am. sit quick. down, watch fucking ninety minutes of Jerry Butler for you, and François Ozon. No,
2: no, I saw a good picture no. from it
0: earlier, which he looks look. like a golfer. No, that? come on, no, disqualified disqualified Tom mm. Gormigan director of Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent while well, I'm wrapping up you take a look uh, alright so <laughs> on that note that is it for this week's Ember Podcast welcome back Helen next week thank we you. might actually talk about films all right. what a novel <laughs> concept I okay. that will be
2: Gormigan I'll give you
0: alright uh, well thank you uh, Join us next week for more film related fun where we'll be joined by. Remember, we're in a rush. Let the record show, Chris is doing an Elvis impression.
1: Oh, I thought he was having a seizure. Austin Butler. Uh huh.
0: Who plays Elvis and Elvis? All right. Very much. Elvis is out of the building. Very good. Until then, until the suspicious occasion, until we meet again, it is time to say goodbye to my two colleagues of such lethal cunning. Heather To <laughs> Toodaloo. <laughs>
2: and
1: Ben and Donna Dyer. <laughs> and ben and Donna Dyer. <laughs> goodbye. James Listen to my TV podcast. Bye.
0: Beep, 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 beep.
1: Live beeping. <laughs> Live
0: censoring <laughs> <beeping. Live laughs> right here. You know, if we get it just right, we can we can actually time this, right? Say it again. No. Do it again, quickly. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> you motherfucker. You motherfucker. All right. And it's goodbye from me. Uh, I'm off to deep fry my kebab. Lats you win a sex award oh in Scotland Good thanks one. for listening see you next week Less is goodbye <laughs> <laughs>